And remember, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and good night. I'm going to open with a Truman Show close. Um, to everyone who's seen the show, love that show, love that show, love that show, love that show. Okay, welcome to episode nine of Comic Box Rumble. But, ma'am, I haven't listened for episode 28. Well, Cartman, just go over to soundcloud.com forward slash comic box rumble and you can catch up on all those episodes. Ma'am, can I listen to comic box rumble episodes with my friend Kitty? Oh, Cartman, of course you can. When I want a pet pet. Cartman, we d- I got mixed up with the voices. I'm going to stop there. Uh, okay, yeah, so episode 9, comic box rumble we're looking at wakanda's the black panther it's a good episode it's a really really interesting one full 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 of surprises you are going to love you're going to live the reports are absolutely fantastic oh i should have started with this actually we have big 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 comic box rumble news we have a winner for the first box and the winner is drum roll please it is Mr. Ian Morley. Thanks, baby. A box of goodies is on its way to you. Well done. This first box is pretty damn impressive. Now, there's some stuff in there that I've actually had to go back and buy. When we're hearing the boys' selections and things that they were going to put in, I'm like, I need to get my hands on that. Because we're not the type of guys that will read some of the prizes and then put them back in. So they're technically secondhand because... That's not what we're about, a comic box rumble. And we also have some merch. T-shirts, stickers, good vibes. So get in touch with us if you want to take any off our hands. The T-shirts look absolutely sweet, and so do the stickers. You know, we're going to be tagging and sticking them all around to get the comic box rumble word out there a little bit more and obviously getting people to wear our little funky fresh T-shirts. Guaranteed to make the ladies... Still pay no attention to you. All right. <laughs> but before we get into the episode, I just have to say, please get in touch. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Let us know what you want us to cover. Let us know who is doing your head in the... Mo- I'm joking because it's 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 probably going to be me. <laughs> Anyways, please enjoy the episode. And if you want more Comic Box Rumble commentary on Black Panther, we do have a very, very special bonus episode that we did with a couple of guys that ran the Black Panther premiere here at the Odeon Hall. It's amazing. It's good fun. It's good laugh. It's also sits on our soundcloud page and don't forget to check us out on itunes stitcher uh, facebook and twitter all under the guise of comic box rumble thank you very much please enjoy the show ladies and gentlemen uh, let's get ready to rumble stars and stripes of the class let's go bob see you in the show is tingling Victory! Good work, soldier! Black and white version of Logan, which looks sick. I need to check it out still. He was saying that every week. Well, now. you haven't seen Logan? I've seen Logan. Just oh, seen right. I thought it was like, what? I've not seen it. I can't well, Logan. Maybe we would have to replace Tom on the podcast. No, don't be doing that. Mm. But, um, and we've also got the last week's thing, which was... Death in the Family. You put a copy in it. I'm putting a copy of that in it, yes. And what else? There's one more. That's it? That's it? Any Is other? it? Yeah. Two episodes of this box. This is the third one of the second box. Okay, okay. Comic Box Rumble coming at you with the third episode of the second box. My name's Kofi Smiles. I'm joined by Tom. I don't have nicknames for you this week. (laughs) And Jack, I don't have a nickname for you either this week. 
but they will Thanks, be back. Guy. Right. Thanks, guy. Thanks. I couldn't think Co- of what Kofi, kind of name. Simba. I was going to go for the, you got the awesome Simba Black Panther. I'm not going to lie. Hybrid. Basically, the t-shirt I'm wearing is, you know the symbol of baby Simba that Rafiki draws on? Oh, I've got a pen on it. Oh, never mind. That Rafiki draws on the cave. Um, <laughs> it's actually it's actually that sort of kind of symbol, but it's designed in the style of Black Panther with the lines of his mask and the necklace. It's pretty badass. I haven't washed it. Just tell the guys then. about your newest tattoo as well. Oh, my tattoo. Oh, I've showed you guys it. You've shown us it. Tell the guys about it. I saw you had it last week, but you never actually talked about it. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, uh, it's the original Steve Ditko sort of Spider-Man logo that he has on the back. You know, the chunky one with the fat arms that sometimes in the original Spider-Man cartoon, it only looks like it's got six arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and look at shots of it, it's got six arms. Um, and inside it, you've got like a... Uh, a Ghanaian symbol and a drinker symbol which stands for Anansi Notontan which the symbol itself is the epitome of creativity, wisdom and it's the spider web illustrating the complexities of life and that symbol sits inside the Steve Ditko Spider-Man so when I'm like I can't be all to my work or I'm in the gym and I'm trying to get those final reps out so I can just look over you know that like that scene in Spider-Man Homecoming from your report as well from the Steve Ditko. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man bit where he's like, he sees himself in the puddle and half of his face is his mask. He's like, come on, you can do this. And it's it's just all about being, using the power of your creativity and using it responsibly and actually going out and doing something instead of sitting around and being lazy. Well, if you do sit around a bit lazy, you're going to listen to this podcast yeah. as well. <laughs> well, we don't have what would Jesus do, it's what would Peter Parker do. What would Peter do? Parker do, do yeah. Um, what would Anansi the Spider-Man do? So yeah, and also my mum used to read me books that are stories about Anansi the Spider-Man, who was like the Ghanaian trickster god, uh, the god of mischief and the god of creativity and wisdom. And he was like my first... Uh, gateway into the whole Spider-Verse I would oh, guess wow. and also Marvel did uh, Marvel Fairy Tales do you remember them? Um, and they, yeah. they yeah, did different versions of the of uh, different um, Marvel characters one of them was Spider-Man and they went to Ghana um, and they did the Anansi the Spider-Man one which I was annoyed he didn't show up in the Marvel Spider-Verse, Spider-verse. series because his look is really, is really really cool it's cool yeah. uh, yeah. So how about news this week? Has anyone got anything to um, start us off? I'll kick off. We're going to look at Joss Whedon, right? He just can't seem to sit still since the Avengers. You know, yeah. it, it's a bit of a shame because he should have been propelled into, oh, he's the guy we want him to work on this, we want him to work on that. But I think he did Ultron and then something went wrong, didn't it? Or he's just, he had a, he had a fallout with Marvel and then things fell apart and he was he's very vocal about studios and when things don't work so I don't know if that works against him in terms of finding well, more jobs but what I'm going to say is his news is he's left back girl yeah he's never truly finished something though everything he's ever done has always been cancelled Everything about it TV wise yeah I mean I don't know whether that's because he thinks that he finished Buffy and then he brought it back I mean that but that was supposed to be the end of Buffy though TV wise though wasn't yeah because still left a bit of a cliffhanger no I meant season 5 was the definitive end oh ending. season 5 right, okay, back. <laughs> Jack's real salty. No, no, I don't mind. I like sat there. I like six and he seven. He looks like Little Mai from the Moomins right now. Real moody, <laughs> arms folded, like yeah. Um, but to be honest, I'm happy he's not working on Batgirl. Um, I think him and DC continuing to have a relationship would probably not end well for both parties. I just think Justice League didn't turn out how they wanted. Probably for, on both sides. Mm. I mean, it was neither Zack Snyder's version or Joss Whedon's version. It was some hybrid didn't do that well um joss got a bad rep for it for probably stuff which was already wrong with the film i don't know so do you think he's kind of getting blamed for the mistakes that were already in Batman maybe Superman? maybe I'd, I'd like to think the wider sort of cinemascape knows that 
he came on to try and rescue a sinking ship. No offense to Zack Snyder. Uh, no. It's been a whole weird thing though, because originally they said that Zack Snyder had to go for personal reasons, and now the smaller said he got fired. He got fired yeah. really. Well, not, it was either you either get fired, you leave, or you get fired, which is one of those lovely situations then, to be in. I just think the whole DC universe just isn't working. Maybe Joss didn't want to be a part of that. Maybe the possibility of being involved in Black Widow took his fancy. I mean, that's that's not even rumours. Will that's Marvel just me take being him back? Hypothetical. Um, Realistically, especially with allegations that are flying around about Joss Whedon, not, will Marvel take him back? Not allegations. Not allegations which mean you wouldn't give someone a job. There are allegations about his personal life and whether he was a, a good and a nice person or not. Not whether he's inherently wrong or anything mm. like that. But what it really with Age of Ultron, he wasn't playing ball as much as what they wanted him to do. That's why they've kind of gotten really well with the Russo brothers now because they've shared the same vi- vision of how they. How they see how they want how their they Marvel films, yeah. and obviously they gave him their first really big break with Winter Soldier. And since then, they've done no wrong, really, have they? But Marvel seem to be in that place now, where they're allowing these indie, these new, these young—well, I say young—these new directors that they've brought in to make their films to put their vision into it. Look at Thor Ragnarok. I really enjoyed that. If you've watched any of um, Take Care Watiti's other stuff, Boy, um, Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. The humour, the jokes, that's all him. Same thing, Ryan Coogler's yeah. Black Panther, uh, James Gunn. It's James, you've got, you know, bits of Gunn all over Guardians of the Galaxy and he's yeah. helping kind of shape the next the next, the next path of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think they know they have to because when they've gotten involved with other Marvel films, they've just been carbon copies. And I'm talking in terms of, I'm really looking at Doctor Strange and Ant-Man right here. Because it's both decent films, but you're right, they are not. Individual pieces up. of cinema. I mean, there's some Ant Man better. Ant Man more so. Ant Man more than... so for like it's so that had a different spirit mm. and Doctor Strange maybe was different purely by the special effects, mm. purely by the way it looked. It was visually different, but essentially it was watching Iron Man. It was watching. It was. Mm. It's a typical yeah. Marvel film. Yeah. So and um. So yeah, I think good thing. Yeah. All involved. We'll see. We don't know what Phase 4 has to offer, does it, until nothing's really been officially, apart from James Gunn's definitely directing 3. And also, I just wanted to throw in that DC have... Well, the DC have announced that the first screenings of Aquaman are meant to be absolutely fantastic and and well-changing. Now, is it... Who's it? James Wan? That's directing it? Yeah. He's great. I think it's fantastic. When they said he was on it and then he was about to leave and then he came back, honestly, I almost... I was freaked out because like he's the only person that could take us underwater because he's the first really underwater film superhero film that we're gonna that we're seeing. We had that little bit in Batman vs Superman, but James Wan was adamant on saying it's not going to be like how you saw in so in Justice League. It's not going to be how we saw in Justice League. My style of underwater um, the underwater world I'm going to present to you guys is going to be totally different, which is reassuring. But they said the same thing about Batman vs Superman. They said the same thing about Justice League. Oh, it got a standing ovation. Uh, from the investors, <laughs> from the screen test week, and I'll well Aquaman. No, Justice League. Oh, just, I've still uh, not seen it. No, it had the same sort of response. I'm just a bit. I'm fingers crossed because I think Jason Momoa is a great casting. It looks like he's having loads of fun. Um, some people saying he should have been cast as Lobo, and they've missed a trick now that they. Oh, that'd been really. Well, they, good. DC yeah. are actually they're going ahead with Lobo because they've even said they want Lobo to be their Deadpool. Yeah, I can see that working. But I think that it's like by saying that, I think you've you've set yourself up now. 
the only thing that can save the DC Universe now is just getting a Black Adam involved in one way or another because The Rock can save any franchise. Mm. He is franchise. That's if you mean carry and plus burn it's inevitable death Do you think, yeah 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 <laughs> the rock would just come along and just well like i heard he was going to be in the next spot a superman film and just yeah. shoot him in there just mm. just put the rock in there and there we go it'll do the rest he did it with fast and the furious brought that back from brink tried doing it with gi joe <laughs> I've got, oh, sorry, sorry. i was gonna say maybe when gi joe came out i don't think he was at that point yet he was on the cusp the cusp of saving a the cusp was being that franchise viagra that every studio needs to you know, plough through yeah. the night. Well, I saw an interview with the guy who directed it and not produced Dread. I can't remember his name. He's some weird guy that has all face paint on and things like that. I can't remember his name. He's done a few things. And he just said, like, because it was about asking Dread if that's going to have a sequel. He said, you can only just put the rock in it because Dread didn't make Mate, any money, but it was Carl fucking Urban, awesome. Carl Urban, was, that film was fantastic. Oh, I love it. There's, I absolutely talk love it. The talk of a TV show. The TV show is getting, it's done. He I once retweeted, like, a, someone said Netflix and he likes to put a question mark in the smile um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was just being produced by the guys who were in 2000 AD, and I don't know if they have, have a distributor yet, right. but there's definitely movement on a Dread yeah, TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I'll switch you to watch that. What you got for Jack? I've got something quite uh, fun and good from Marvel. They've just announced that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur animated TV show produced by, wait for it, Lawrence Fishburne. Mate, that guy's an absolute G. He does everything. He does serious stuff. He does comedy he does the light-hearted things. He does TV. He does TV. He does movies. Now he's producing a Marvel series. Yeah. Right. And he's what? He's Goliath as well. Goliath as well. As well and as being Perry White. Perry White. Yeah. Man, I, I just, I think there should be an animated TV show based on Lawrence Fishburne. And to be fair, I think it's interesting that we get this animated TV show before we get Camilla Khan. But you got to say, having a young, empowered. Black, smart, teenage... Oh, she's not even teenage, is she? I don't think. I think she's like, she's like 12, 11, 12. Yeah, she's I very think young. that's... Tween. Tween. <laughs> Tween. It would be great. It's great for Disney, great for Marvel, great for... They know what doing. Plus, dinosaurs are cool again. Yeah. Dinosaurs are cool. They've never not been cool, but now They know they're... that black girl magic sells, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. it's like... And it's... that You're right, it's empowering. And I, I, I would happily tune into this because some of these Marvel um, animations seem to be, they're on the rope. Not quite at the way DC are. No, no they're not no, DC, DC yet, but they're uh, nearly there. They're getting there. DC we, we, set the benchmark for... And anime. remember, FX uh, is still got to do the Deadpool one that Donald and Steve Glover have been writing. Oh, wow, yeah. That one's still yeah. to come. Just give them time, I think, I think they could do it. I, I need to start reading a bit more. It's made me want to read Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl just so I've, I may, might be able to get some of the references that yeah. they'll put into the TV yeah. show. Yeah. That's the plan, isn't it? Yeah. Get people to to get back among, to get into the comics a bit more, I guess. I'm guessing that they won't have done Miss Marvel yet because it might confuse people with Captain Marvel coming out and things like that. I'm just wondering whether they might introduce her in there in one form or another. I wouldn't be surprised because obviously um, Moon Girl, like she's an inhuman. Yeah. If... There's going to be some sort of crossover. It'll be there, but they might not touch on the fact she's an inhuman just because it, the TV series hasn't really. Doesn't Camilla well. p- feature in the Spider-Man animation? She's been in. She's been she's in a been few in yeah. some of the episodes. Yeah, I think they're probably saving Camilla for a live action. Mm. I think there will be. The family drama in that book lends itself. I think she have you both read it by the way? I've, I've read, read, a bit the of, first, I read the first twelve. First issues. I've read the first yeah of the original. I think I what, think it'd be more TV series. I think than yeah, film. yeah, TV. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I think everything she's been in, and when she, I my experience of Kimla Khan um, was with Champions, and when she was in New Avengers, and she was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I I was hoping this is, I was hoping Heron Miles, 
hook up. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that is a great relationship there. I just think there were. I, I, she's a leader. She's dynamic. She's funny, and the whole aspect of her personal life with the fan fiction and stuff, well, and how that bleeds into her reality, and how she yeah. how she reacts when she meets when she actually meets all these other that's heroes. Brilliant, that. It's so good. So I good. mean, she's the almost fan girl, isn't she? Yeah, and just didn't, and that she's like again, it's going back to this whole she and now embodies. That's what like we said last week. You don't have psychics because she now embeds the reader. They can relate to her. Like, how would you react if you suddenly gave superpowers and started meeting all your heroes? Oh, come on. They tried to do it with Gwenpool as well. Not we, should get a, we should get a Twitter campaign going. You got any news for Tom? Just briefly, really, I th- there's a film coming out which I'm rather excited about. I've never read the book, but Ready Player One. And I've seen the latest trailer, and I think we need to do pop culture bingo when we go see that because it is just chock-a-block with anything and everything. Now, the book gets a bit of stick, but... I read it on holiday a couple of years ago, and I enjoyed it. Did you, I, I don't know whether or not to read the book before it comes out or not, or whether or not I'd just be quite settled in by just watching the film. It's not the most well-written book, but it's an half enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it gets a bit more stick than I think it deserves. I'm in, I'm excited for the film. It's Spielberg, Zach Penn's written it, and it's it's refreshing. Sometimes you see like pop culture films or films with references to other properties, and it's either like. Blinky Mystic cameo, or it's like a like a fake version of them. But this is just full of everything. No, it's the, absolutely everything. The the essence of the film is references. Like that's all it is. Just pop culture reference, like yeah. uh, DeLorean, uh, Iron Giant, uh, Batman, uh, yeah. I don't know, Back yeah. to the Future. Sort but of thing. But Spielberg originally said there's gonna be no references to his film, but he drives around in the DeLorean and it's got a T Rex in it. So I'm just thinking he might have like kind of. I know T Rex could be anything, but it does look like the T Rex from yeah. Jurassic Park. I wonder. How they managed to get the licensing for all this? Well, that that, that, that would dictated what they've included because some of the stuff in the book is like there's bits where like Serenity from Fireflies in it for like two pages. There's this for this two pages. It's just like you couldn't do it all. I mean, a lot of them are Warner heavily influenced because they produce it. So you got a lot of Lord of the Rings in there. You've got a lot of DC characters in there. So and that's a lot of influences on that. It's also got a lot of Halo in there as well. And Spielberg yeah, like did Master produce did, and... did produce the some of the live action stuff what they did and it was almost did the live action movie right so I'm guessing Warner Bros might have been down as being like hold the rights to do with Halo mm. movie if that's the case but it just looks awesome it just looks it's got Mortal Kombat in as well Akira everything yeah anything but, you could possibly want really we'll have to try and get um, Hannah JK who's one of the I think she's one of the villains and she's actually from Hull herself to same school as myself and my brother, so we'll try and get also her. Also in Ant-Man and the Wasp, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's playing Ghost. Um, Ghost as well. Oh, and she's right. been in Black Mirror and things like that. Mm, I did not know that. Yeah, I might see if we can, if she's back and around, see if she wants to come and have Ghost a show. Looks, Ghost in the trailer looks That's good. really good. Looks really yeah, good. I wonder how how they've um Good villain to have, like another thief. Yeah. Mm, cool. Um, all right, so let's, let's, let's get into it because it's... It's a very interesting episode today. For, of course, we're going to be covering Black Panther. Um, this is, I think, this has probably been quite difficult. I try to keep mine as low key as possible because I think I got out what I wanted to say from the bonus footage. By the way, go and check this out on the SoundCloud from the discussion that we did with the guys from the ACS. And yeah, I don't know. There was a few other ideas I wanted to have a look at, but I've gone. I've I've tried to play it safe because I actually want to. Finish. I was say, are you before g- the buzzer. When we pick a topic, what you love so much, are you going to stay within fifteen minutes? I think so. I think so because <laughs> I think the way I've done my demand today is quite yeah. It's all right. Who went first last week? Was it? it was I'm me first, first this week. I'm up in Yeah. So, okay. Do you want me to um, 
Get the time going, and I'll wanna, jump into it. Do you have a brief, or are you alright? I'm alright. Go for it. Right, I've got to start by confessing. Um, up until we got given this assignment last week, I had never read a book which was called Black Panther. Oh! Besides, no, I, may, I maybe I'm read joking. the most recent one, <laughs> but I've, I wouldn't say I've read an arc of a book called Black Panther okay. at all. Um, my exposure to Black Panther comes from the character's short introduction in the Ultimate Universe, in Ultimates 3, and the Captain America Annual in the Ultimate Universe. He's run in the Ultimates book in the 616, and his appearance in various Avengers books over the years, particularly in Jonathan Hickman's run, and the Secret Awards event, um, which came as a culmination of that run. Did you, um, not, did you not feel when he appeared in the Ultimates universe, I was so like, oh, I was so angry. It was, that was nothing, really. You know, and he, I didn't he, even know he was in the Ultimates universe. He features, yeah. right, in two little bits. There's him, but it's actually Captain Cap- America and then there's in the, the real Black Panther costume. But then it's him who's got adamantium mini claws, which I, I, I thought like was that. quite cool. Right. But then he gets he's also sent back mute to... as well. Yeah. Why did they explain why? Um, possibly something to do with the experimentation. It's when well, his dad put him up for it, didn't he? Or something. It was really, really. It's quite graphic. One thing about the Ultimate Universe is they always hinted at something called the the Wakanda Wars, mm. and it was never talked about. And I just have, I think that would be a great book if they ever went back and revisited that. Mm. Were these claws like Wolverine? It was like, he, nah, was he, he they were like just tiny ones. Just the like knuckle ones, dusters yeah. like came out like yeah. like that. That would go back in and out and stuff. And then Steve Rogers helped him escape and go back, get back to Wakanda. Yeah. But Sorry. my prof- most profound experience of Black Panther is from the character within the MCU. His appearance in Civil War and his most recent and most recently in the fantastic solo film we saw the other week. Mm. Um, so once we decided on this, I started researching some Black Panther runs or stories I could read about. There seems to be some. We just had a power cut. No, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we're still recording. <laughs> say all the computers are still on. It might just be the lights. Oh God! Hello, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Is it snowing out there? Is that what's causing all this? No, I think it's because we haven't moved <laughs> in like two uh, hours. Is that what it is? <laughs> Are you still recording? You're still recording. No. I think we're good. No, right. they, 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 we had a power out. Are you alright? Yeah, all right. cool. So... <laughs> So once we decided decided on doing Black Panther, I started researching some runs or stories I could read. Um, Let me put an extra minute. There seems to be some fantastic books, um, which I'm definitely going to look at reading in the future. You've got Christopher Priest, Reginald Hudlin, Woo! Jonathan Maybury, and the recent, is it Tanesh? Tanahasi Coates. Tanahasi Coates. Um, all look fantastic. However, I spotted a run not listed there which grabbed my attention, and it was the 2010's Black Panther Man Without Fear mm. by David Liss and Francesco Francavalli. Francavilli? Yeah. Um, and I'd come across uh, Francavilli's work when he did some fillings on Fraction and Jazz Hawkeye, and I loved his work, and he's an incredible artist, so I decided to give that book a shot. Um, now, I knew Fran- Francesco Francavilli. I'm, gonna, I'm butchering his name. Francesco. Francesco, we'll just call him Francesco. Frankie. 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 Um, I knew who he was, but if I'm being honest... You have I'd, to say it like that as well. <laughs> I'd never heard of David Liss. Um, even though I was reading Marvel at the time, 
I just never, I can't even remember seeing his name about. So I had to Google him. Um, so although he's worked on a few comics like The Spider, The Shadow, and Sherlock Holmes book, he's only really done a couple of big two books, and this is one of them. Cool. Um, he wrote Black Panther from issue 513 to 529, and I read the first two arcs of that, uh, which were under the moniker Man Without Fear. The book is set per Shadowland, post Doom War, so Daredevil, Matt Murdock, and Black Panther T'Challa are both at somewhat of a crossroads. Uh, Matt Murdock realises he has to leave town to find himself again. Um, and this is where the hook gets interesting for me. He asks T'Challa to watch over Hell's Kitchen for him. Mm. Um, he accepts, knowing he himself needs to find himself. He moves to Hell's Kitchen and changes his name to Mr. Oconqua? I think that's the Oconqua. right word. Oconqua. Mm. Um, now, I understand there could have been a level of scepticism around this. Who or what is Black Panther when they're not in Wakanda? They're obviously so intertwined. And that is one of the themes of this book. What what is Black Panther when he's not when he's not the king of Wakanda? Well, okay. That's interesting. Um, T'Challa So it's a trying to understand who he is. Without a suit. Because we had Shuri. Well he does he does Shuri. have a suit, but Shuri it's very did... much just like an armor suit. Yeah. And, but Shuri is Black, Black Panther during this, yeah. But he's obviously he's still got his enhanced abilities because it's limited. He's he's just a good hand to hand soldier. It doesn't mm. have Speed, he's not endurance. bestowed by the spirit of the heart, there, heart shaped, the heart shaped head and stuff yeah. like that. Okay, um, the book is definitely street level. It looks and reads like a daredevil book. It shares so much of what you'd expect of one of those books. And if they'd adapted it into an MCU story, it would stop writing on Netflix. It's that sort of street level. Mm fighting for the neighbourhood sort of thing. Mm. Um, it's great. Do you think that's, that's what the Black Panther has always been about? Because obviously with him being a king, he's all about the, his nation and nation is made of our people. And it's the same thing. Just because he's, his true. land is richer doesn't mean what he's doing. What yeah. doesn't mean what he's doing, what Daredevil's doing with him. What Daredevil, what, it doesn't mean what he's doing for Daredevil is any less than what he was no, doing no, it in don't, Wakanda. It, don't, it just means he's in a different location, mm. he's in a different stage of his life, he's in a different It's a testimony to him as a person, isn't it? Yeah. Like, usually the richest and most powerful people in the Marvel Universe are arrogant, cocky, but this guy's yeah. doing what he needs to do, what he feels like he has to do. Definitely, I totally agree with that. It's, it's definitely a fish out of water storyline. Um, the child is having to learn about the city he lives in now and the people who live there. He's having to adapt to fighting without all the suits and without the support he had when he was the Black Panther. When he was the Black Panther. Um, like, I, like we've just said, Shuri was uh, Black Panther at this point. As the story goes on, he starts using more and more gadgets and tech, which he sort of buys along the way. and sort. So it's not like he's got the arsenal he has when he is the king of Wakanda. But at the beginning of the storyline, it's just a little bit of armour. Um, the run I read has a couple of arcs. The first arc is Black Panther trying to take down Vlad the Impaler. Which <laughs> sounds ridiculous at first. But in the wake of um, Shadowland, um, Vlad the Impaler has risen to power. Now, during the first arc, there is not only one storyline, there's a couple. Um, is Vlad the Impaler different to Dracula in this instance. Vlad the Impaler has the ability to sort of form energies for a moment which become like spears yeah. hence the imp- impaling. He's not... Well, I can't remember if he would, him and Dracula were one of the same in the Marvel Universe. No, nah, he's not mentioned as being a vampire in this no. or anything like that. 
Um, so yeah, one of the storylines in the first arc is that there's been a series of murders, which Black Panther first links to Vlad, but what later turns out to be related to domestic abuse, specifically domestic abuse towards children. A neighbour of the Charles who works um, for social services turns out to be the killer, but not before the two stories ultimately crash together as Black Panther defeats Vlad. Now, I could talk to you about that a bit, but I just want to quickly mention how interesting it is to see, firstly, story relating to domestic abuse towards children, which you'd you'd actually see in comics that much. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the villain in that part of the story, at least, is merely just a human. She's got no powers or abilities, um, and she chooses to, rightly or wrongly, take the law into her own hands, and she murders the abusers. I just thought that was quite an interesting mm. choice of villain, because usually when there's a someone like that, there's always some sort of spin. Yeah, a way out. Oh, a way out to make him not just a, a complex human. They're, they've got issues related to this. They're, a, yeah. they're powered by this. There was yeah. made to do it by this. Yeah. Yeah. So it was quite interesting. Um, doing it, sometimes people are just doing it for the vibe. Do you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was very interesting. Um, after this arc, we have a small two-issue arc with guest artist Jeff Paller, whose style's a little bit different to Frankie's, um, but it's still pretty enjoyable. Um, the arc sees Black Panther tracking down one of his employees at the diner he manages in Hell's Kitchen as a part of his cover. Um, and during the first arc, this employee was exper- experimented on um, by Vlad's son. Um, so he has similar powers to Vlad at this time. Um, and while Black Panther is trying to find his employee he's also been tracked down himself by Craven the Hunter oh nice <laughs> I was going to say you nice. see all these things whenever there's someone like this about Craven's always behind me it's always great to see Craven I <laughs> love Craven he's one of my favourite Craven's a villains. sweet G, although really. his stories all tend to be pretty similar but what what was evident in this arc and the arc before is that they were trying to tie Black Panther to the wider universe I forgot to mention in the first arc Spider-Man and Luke Cage both made cameos mm. so it's interesting that they're trying to because sometimes Black Panther is quite separate from the MCU. He's like he's not always in the Avengers teams. Yeah, always, yeah. although he should be. So it seemed like they made a conscious effort to have, especially some of the street levels. As I say, the street levels all in uh, yeah. together. Um. So down to on the final arc, um, it it's very interesting, especially in today's political climate. Um. There's issues. This, these issues tie into the crossover event fear itself, which I don't know if you guys remember it that yeah, well. Yeah, I remember so, yeah. Um, there's like loads it. of magic yeah, hammers yeah. and stuff fall to the planet, and it's, it's ridiculous. Odin's brother, what was he called? Scourge or something uh, like Scourge, yeah. And yeah. It, like, it didn't really live up to the promo art either. It was very, like, I think it was a it lost it was? An editorial. I think. It was Marvel's version of Blackest Night, yeah. where all the heroes who were involved in it all got juiced up and, you know, it's yeah. super-powered from... I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but then it's it all was... that. Yeah, it's got a lot of tie-ins which you have to read in order so to follow the. That's an interesting point because um, these issues do a pretty good job job of um, being self-contained, and you don't have to read the rest of Fear itself mm. uh, to understand yeah, these. Yeah, that was it. The, the Fear itself, the standalone issues, you could read as part of the continuity, the normal there's, normal series, but not. You couldn't read Fear itself by itself there's, without having to read. There's them. literally one panel which references the main event, and that is when this pink hammer falls, and our villain of this arc, the hate monger, picks up the hammer. That's essentially not. 
or is infused by the power of the hammer. Mm, That's the essential, yeah. the only link to that um, crossover, which is pretty good for me because I didn't want to read the crossover. <laughs> um, so this arc sees T'Challa go up against the repowered new hate monger. Uh, essentially, a uh, pink, sparkly KKK wizard. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's as ridiculous pink, as it sparkly, sounds. KKK wizard. Um, and he, what he'd done is he'd spread hate throughout Hell's Kitchen which itself is quite a frightening idea. Um, the idea of large-scale fear and hatred is something which I think freaks you out a bit, doesn't it? The idea mm. that people sort of infuse hate and build it upon themselves and it just takes over a group of people. Um, it's backed up by a character named the American Panther, right. who we don't know much about and we never really do learn much about. Um, and he's a character who, although initially under the con- control of um, the hate monger, when he's like freed from that control, he continues to spread the hate and fear and fights on behalf of America right. in his eyes. Right. Um, I did air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, although published back in 2010, I think the story has so many parables to today. The hate mongers campaign is heavily focused on getting rid of immigrants and foreigners from the States. And although the hate monger never exactly says the phrase, it's very much along the lines of, Make America great again. Really? Oh, God. Donald Trump's been reading his comics, man. <laughs> so, oh, God. So, really, we should maybe just give Chadwick Bosman a call and ask him to pop round to the White House and sort <laughs> things out. Um, now, this book doesn't really touch on any of the Black Panther stuff I saw in the movies or any of the books I read. Wakanda was disappointingly lacking in this book, um, but that was sort of the book's point. Um, the book did get me more intrigued in the character, and caught my eye by being a genre I usually read. So I'll probably go out and pick up some more Black Panther books just so I can like, learn a bit more about the character. Cool. Um, what this one does do is it tackles some really deep and important topics like domestic abuse and the failure of the system to deal with incidents involving the victims and those who commit the crimes. Mm. It's also a great discussion of the underlying fear and racism which exists in America and how this can be- lead to mass hysteria Although they were under the control of the hate when the American Panther is released from the control, he continues to fight for the cause. In my opinion, this is a perfect analogue for today. The fear, hatred and racism was and still is there. And all that has happened is someone in a position of power has allowed it to grow and sort of escalate it and has only fueled itself and continues to do so. Cool. Um, what is great about a character like Black Panther dealing with these issues is it allows the audience to see a character from a different background, not the typical white American taking on complex issues. Mm, nice. Am I under again? Yes, but I did give you an extra couple of turns because of the pause. But you yeah. see, I reckon... Yeah, I reckon you're <laughs> on. Yeah, you are. We'll let no, that was sick. It was good, that. It was interesting. It was interesting cause I, I've I had, heard about the series, but never read it. Yeah, yeah I've, it, I've got a few. I've got, I, I had like two or three of the issues, but I never followed it up. Yeah, I had to pick something I thought I could connect with quite easily. So picking something which was in like the street level genre... Mm. It appealed to me quite and a bit. And take on the dead or mantle makes kind of sense. Have that, you have to have that very idyllic character. The artworks, the, the, uh, the covers were unbelievable. Some were covers were by Simone Banshee, uh, Bianchi as well, yeah, which you was, quite like. I love that guy. Um, yeah, I'm just looking, I've got a few of them And then there's now. some Frank oh, Avila yeah. Um, yeah, just, um, variants as well, which are pretty good. That one, oh, oh sorry, I've just turned off the monitor. We're um, having electrical issues today. Yeah. And the ASM monitor is probably not, but there's one where you've got Black Panther on the roof and you can almost see like the silhouette and the ghost of Daredevil in the background. Um, that one, it's 
pretty sick one. Yeah, and I, like, I like the one. variants a bit more, to be honest. Oh, there's oh, a... I want that much, wouldn't it? And there's another one where he looks absolutely battered and bruised, and he's got, like, these golden claw knuckle dusters, and it's an app. I was like, oh, that's a tattoo and a half. We'll post these on our Twitter, um, so you know what we're talking about. But they're very, very well written. Um, so I'd definitely sort of... Um, I'd definitely recommend this book as a sort of... For someone who hasn't read any Black Panther, it's a good gateway book before you delve into the larger world of yeah. Black Panther. Right, okay. Interesting. If you don't want to watch a movie. No. Well, Jack, following on from that, we, we, this is turning to be a bit of a trend now. I'll pick up where you left off sort of thing. Um, hopefully what I've done, what, what I'm going to be speaking about, might entice you to read a bit more. Mm. Because I basically I thought, right, what we're going to do... I'm going to talk about, I had, in fact, I've got my notes here. I started out writing out, talking about was Killmonger right in terms of the film. But again, it's like, yeah, it's, we're allowed to talk about the whole kind of pop culture diaspora. But I've kind of veered away from actually sitting down and talking and dissecting a comic book, looking at the story, looking at themes, looking at art. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back and do that with um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' run, uh, A Nation Under Our Feet, which is the most recent run on Black Panther and probably the most accessible because you were talking about um, Man Without Fear and also the Christopher Priest run, the Reginald Hudlin one. They're very hard to get or you have to get them in collections. They're quite expensive. So for anyone who's listening and thinks, okay, I want to dip my toe in the Black Panther world, start with the nation under our feet. Okay. Okay. So it's a valid point that, like, because you have very to be able to go and get the book. Yeah. yeah. There's no point in us recommending you these things. Yeah. It is very hard. There's some of the Christopher Priest ones. I'm trying to still get my hands on a copy of Volume 3 of his... It's the big, fat collection of his run. Um, and it's it's hard to find a second-hand copy that's less than 25, 30 quid um, sometimes. And it's it's generally out of stock quite a lot on Amazon, but there you go. But anyway, so yeah. So this is me talking about Tanahasi Coates. Um his run on the Black Panther. So Tanahasi Coates, he's the um, national correspondent for the Atlantic, and also for he, his book between the well, one of his books between the world and me looks at uh, like a letter from him to his son about the embodiment, the physical sort of political statement of what it means to be a black person, what it means to be a black man in America, and it's being drawn by Brian Stelfreeze, did the first 14, no, did the first 16 acts, and then when it all crossed over to Legacy and the most current run with Clover and Supreme, it's being drawn by Leon, um, Leonard Clark, and to be fair, their artworks are so dynamic, so amazing, they're very similar, I didn't realise that when I started this new arc, it was um, Leonard Clark. Um, Leonard Kirk. Leonard Clark, isn't it? Kirk. Kirk, sorry, Kirk, sorry. I don't know, it's, um... School. Sorry, thank you. Um, so, yeah, it's called A Nation Under Our Feet, which it gets its name from um, from a book by the Pulitzer Prize winning... Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Hahn. Um, and it's all about the political struggles in rural South America um, that have come from slavery um, to, to the Great Migration after their slavery was acquitted. Now, the story pretty much looks at... Um, it's got three. I'll tell, explain a bit more about the depths and the levels of the story. But it looks like pretty much a superhero terrorist group. Uh, sorry, a superhuman terrorist group um, called the People. Now, they initially they rise up. They rally against the notion of how Wakanda is being ruled by one king, one voice, one rule. So you have T'Challa, pretty much kind of grappling with you know with questions of how to govern the people, how to protect Wakanda, which is torn apart by war and dissidents from within. So it's like, 
who is working with the people, who are the people that I can trust. It's your, it's your, you know, your tip. I don't want to say typical, but your standard sort of political tension where things start falling apart around you. Um, now this has kind of been a long time coming because if you're following any of the Black Panther stories, he spends a lot of time outside of Wakanda. It seems if he's with the Ultimates, if he's doing stuff with the Avengers, the Illuminati, this that, and the other, and all these things get brought into question. You've left us alone. We got flooded. You know when Namor did his thing, and and you know as as a ruler who's never here, what type of ruler are you? And these thoughts have been flying around, and you've had people that have started fanning the flames of having of fanning the flames of other. Um, residents of Wakanda's thoughts and now they're bringing this into question and to, the best thing about it is I said the best thing um, an interesting thing about this is that T'Challa he knows this, he realises this and he plans to do something about it now um, your main threats in this in this story you got Tetu um, sorry my friend just, uh, a bit. you got um, Tetu so he's the leader of the Nigandan army and he sent this other woman who's another threat I'll talk about uh, called Zenzi to the Great Mound, um, where obviously the all the all the vibranium is, to kind of start a riot for between the the Wakandan miners and the military, so almost to kind of shut down production of the life force and the blood of Wakanda itself. Um, he's got some sort of form of terrakinesis. It's a bit magic. I'm not sure if it's like um, it's a bit magic, but it's like an innate power that he has to be able to control like ground and rocks and elements. And he's quite cool. He's he's very creative with how he uses it, but like. There's a really, really big reveal with him in the story, which I'm not going to... I'm being spoiler-free today. Um, which, when I read it, it proper... It was a real blow to the feels because he comes across as such a sound guy, such a good character, such a good villain, but then something happens with him and you just think, oh, no, just... Yeah, so it's worth... For that alone, it's worth kind of you know reading about him. Zenzi, who I mentioned before, now, she's a, Wakand- she's a Wakandan who's got mind manipulation, but, like, she's she mainly kind of focuses on anger and she manages to find all these bits of kind of, I don't know, how the Wakandan people are feeling a bit like dissident towards the throne, a bit unhappy about what's happened. So she tweaks on that and slowly she nurtures it, she needs it and starts bringing out that, that starts bringing that out of some of the people. And she starts getting all the Wakandans who want to kind of hold their king and rebel and rebel against T'Challa and pretty much all monarchs. monarchs. Now, the coolest thing about this is that hair power, the way that they do it, um, and I'm going to post these images on our Instagram, uh, sorry, on our Twitter, and I'll post it on our uh, Facebook page, is that the, it's a bit like the Hulk. So the angrier the townspeople, the, the Wakandans get, the they physically reflect it. So when they get to, there's a scene where they're fighting, uh, there's a huge battlefield, and she really kind of, ups the ante in terms of how angry these guys are, how angry the Wakanda and the miners are and the hair followers are, that they actually start to turn to like gargoyles and they get a bit bigger, a bit stronger. But the more mindless and angry they are, the less she had less control has on them. And it looks really, really cool because the way that the Wakandans talk and the philosophy and the ethos of what of who Wakandans are, there's there's a lot of sort of mental and physical balance. But then if you start to feel more if you start to feel more of one emotion in one part, let's say in your brain, that will start to reflect you on the outside. So there's a lot of kind of, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. how you are, how you are mentally, um, or what, how you, how you feel and think inside 
reflection on the outside. So there's all these little bits of themes run through, and I think that's quite cool with it happening with one of the core villains. Um, and also the other ma- the other villains in this is the colonizers or the white guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, so you got. Uh, Ezekiel Stain, who is who's a real toilet. That's the only way I can describe him. Yeah. He's a real fucking toilet in this. Um, and you got Andrea and Andreas um, von Strucker. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, um, they're Strucker, Baron's kids. Exactly. Yeah. Baron von Strucker's children. Um, so they they I I did a bit of research because it doesn't explain it. This is the problem. They didn't really explain it in the comic book what their powers are and where they come from so when I did a bit of a research on is it history, when they do stuff together it's the powers combined isn't yeah it? like Wonder Twins you know what I mean their <laughs> powers can only work when they're together and I've, I've read that they died before and somehow they got brought back obviously with secret walls you know you know, they're alive um, Andrea died so um, Andreas joined well he was he still he needed her skin contact to be able to use his powers so what he did, he got a lot of their skin and they bound it around the hilt of a sword. So when he held a sword, he could still use his powers. That's and basically they awesomely viewed... gross. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And he it was like he was like, what's I got written down? It's like bio bio energy discharge, but only we can't um with contact. Just a note on the von Struckers, it's the great grandkids in Gifted. That's a spoiler that, but Is it? Yeah, the kids in the Gifted. No, the X Men. The TV, TV series. It's the great grandkids or something like mm. that. And they they were really? Yeah. The Struckers were, they were experimented on in utero by none other than, who do you think? Think, of, th- think about a Nazi... Yeah. Oh, um, Zola. Yeah. Really? He yeah. experimented them in the uterus, so that's why they're, they're technically, they're classed as mutants. So, which I thought was a bit weird. But why they're in that fox here, there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um... Yeah, and you got Doctor Faustus. He was. Have you heard of him? Yeah, I've I remember him from the um, Captain America run with Winter Soldier. Mm, yeah. Also, massive toilet. Um, he can manipulate his voice uh, to be highly persuasive. He's got intellect genius. You know that sort of typical something yeah. character like him. And these guys work so well because of how they're written. They talk with a lot of entitlement. They speak with microaggressive phrases. So by microaggressions, just things like oh. Um, can be qualified like oh well, he was you know pretty smart for a black person or she's a good mechanic for a woman you know things that where they're not directly being racist or like he's you know I get people say oh, he's well spoken you know we won't expect you to sound like that you know just stuff like that where people look at you and assume one thing and they they're surprised by what you are okay. do you know what I mean yeah. so they, they talk a lot like that um, which to some people when you read it might sound like a typical cocky villain but from the point of view as a person of colour black person minority you read between the lines of what they're saying. And I think that's a really, really smart thing. And I, um, I know it's a comic, but you can really, really hear the tone of what these thought they, or what these word balloons are saying. And I think that I've never really seen that in a comic before. And I, I, I gave it to a few of my friends to read and said, read that, what do you think he's saying? And these are non-comic book readers, and but they were people who read. And they, they were, um, the majority of them were like women of colour. And they were like, okay, yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. It does feel like these guys are talking in microaggressions. And I'm saying this... This is the way they talk about Wakanda and the Wakandan people. Like the people here in this country and there are these type of people everywhere, they don't know what they don't know what to do with a good thing. You know, we're here to show you what can what can really be done. Um, but the way that they talk about it is like it's a chore that they have to come and do this. That like they're liberators. Does that make sense? Which is what I think is really really nice. Um, I think you could only get that from a person of colour who could get that tone across. And I'd be interested to see if you guys feel the same of, or you think this is just what villains talk like. Or 
No, I, I think I kind of get where you're saying from. It's not, like you say, it's not a, a direct insult. It's just like a an underline. Oh, I yeah. didn't know you could... That's very, very clever. Like you can yeah. say in any kind of form of sexism as well and things yeah. like that, and like you say, racism. It's just... Very patronising. Yeah, that's that's the word, yeah. It's written, written really well. It's not all like saying someone, you effing whatever yeah. sort of thing. It's just saying... Yeah. It's very personal. And I, it got me really angry and I was like, when all the plot points and when things start going really wrong and, you know, these guys are celebrating or celebrating or their plans are moving forward, it's like, oh my God, you know, they've got to they've got to take these guys down. Do you think that's because normally when you read a comic book, the villains are over the top, superpowers, something what's not relatable, i.e. someone who's got the power to destroy a star or something mm. like that. Something, but when you've got a villain there who's saying things what is real, real mm. life, that's when it strikes the chord. Yeah. It's when he, Because like that's not believable. This is. Mm. And this is something what I've experienced. Yeah. Or I know people, it, it, and that's why it hurts more. You can imagine smugglers, yeah. you can imagine politicians, you can imagine other elitist you know, people who work in you know, weaponry and tech who will think, okay, we need what they have, but we're not going to try and work, but we'll take it because we believe it's ours, you know what I mean? Or we shouldn't have it. I, I didn't get... Where's the writer from? Is he based? Is he American? He's African-American, yeah. He's African-American. Yeah. But is he actually... Ameri- is, was he born in America? He's born in America, So yeah. saying, like, you get a lot of these things like South Africa sort of thing where you still got the white colonists who still have that kind of yeah. attitude. Mm. And like you said, with Wakanda being, obviously, an African country, mm. you can kind of get that with um, with with the white people who were yeah, and it's, it's, former slave owners. Yeah, and like you'll that. find it, like, attitudes like that in the south when you're in the states and yeah, stuff yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of mimicking that and so the one thing i really like this is because i get a lot of vibes from this book as i did from good bomb you've almost got three stories happening at once and it seamlessly now that i've started on the next arc um it it's amazing because it sets up so much backstory and history and stuff you need to understand with the new claw um with the new claw storyline so you got one story taking you through time and space giving you a deep insight into the history the religion and the supernatural history of wakanda and in uh, and marvel as a whole like you do they do this uh Ta-Nasi does this with shuri so how because obviously um she's dead well she's dead at the moment but like um black panther kept her body in state in stasis but um her, her spirit ends up in Tajala, which is a spiritual the, plane is she is she much like her movie character in the comics? No, she's a lot older, a lot more serious, a lot more kind of dedicated, a lot more kind of wiser and just a bit more quite different. But they have a still have a still have a a close bond between the two. Cool. Um Yeah. Um But yeah, she she was rest so they uh, manifold, you know, um Eden Fessy yeah, yeah. and Black Panther managed to rescue her from the from the Jala, but she comes back, um with a whole new whole new set of abilities which are pretty cool so she can she's an animal super speed and she's got this stone form and she she can turn into a flock of birds or a giant one there's a cool panel where she absolutely chins this giant six-armed lizard and she turns into stone and it just looks incredible um and chichala stood there like what what what's going on like world star world sort of thing in the background um and you've got uh, a love story with anika and ao so now these are both members of the dola malaje um but one of them was receives a death sentence because Anika received a death sentence because she killed a, a chieftain who was abusing um, female villagers, and she believed she was acting in honor of, of you know of the Wakandan fathers. But her sentence is still upheld, so they kind of get together and elope, and they kind of disappear. And it's it's amazing because they sort of they become lovers. They get these midnight angel robot suits, and you know they take us on this journey, this other journey through, uh, like. 
through this journey through all the villages, all the small, all the townspeople, all the small areas of Wakanda you don't usually see because through the revolution. And it's like they're caught between the nation's revolution and also they both share this love for each other and they're caught between like, we can't, you know, the love for each other we shouldn't really have, we, sh- we shouldn't really kind of run away and elope and do these things together when our country has fallen. So they've got that conflict when the Dora and Malaji are there solely to serve at the needs of the king. Because we're kind of still rebuilding itself after the attack from Atlantis. Sort of. It's still, it's pretty much there, but the bitterness of what happened is... Because obviously that's the very first, well, that's been the only time where we're kind of... Oh, uh, shit! There's loads, man. No, I feel bad for cutting you off at the end there. No, no, it's fine. Finish what you are going to say. Because... Atlantis attacking is the only other time Wakanda's been attacked or had or a ma- on that scale like a proper full war yeah full war hasn't it because it's always been iso- well isolated it's never camouflage. really been breached but that was no. the but obviously that's down to the Phoenix Force fucking hell did you have much more to do yeah I had <laughs> nine weeks in man Politi- oh man I, 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 I was about nail it. love story I was going to talk about how it's a political thriller the third story was a political thriller you know um and I was going to talk about gender politics, how they're involved in it, um, yeah, that the imagery. That sounds much better than what you did. Pardon? That all sounds much better than the bit you did. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the last moments and bodily transformation, how it's Shakespearean. And then I've got loads of bits, how it links in with the film and the crew. And it's a great read. We need to pick a topic he knows nothing about <laughs> and just... But I've got little... Oh, sh- I was like, this isn't that much. Give us your last line. Wakanda forever. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Wakanda, like uh, like like people of color, exist in a space where they react, adapt, and survive with style. <laughs> that, but, without nice, the, huh? but without the yeah. context of my conclusion, yeah. it makes no sense. May I, I thought it was good. No, mind you, know what? I need to. You need to start trimming down a bit. Two pages, two A four pages. So, that's, that's what so, you need. So, say if we pick you to win, do you put say? Four acts of that booking, but rip all the pages out the last yeah, two you didn't talk about. And just give the covers. <laughs> um, what? No, I'm not going to talk about my prizes. <laughs> my prize this week is sick. Just saying. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm gutted. I had loads to say. That's the problem. 15 minutes when I'm sat down, I'm like, I'm freaking out. Oh, it needs context. It needs sustenance. It needs more of this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I'm like, Oh, that might be enough. Even and I try and even make room for chats because I like getting involved with the discussion, not just glancing over when people <laughs> are asking a question. Yeah, Tom, I want to sit and give you at least thirty seconds to what you speak <laughs> about. I'm not just gonna be like, yeah, yeah, and go on because <laughs> this is a thing to debate. But I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. You'll get it right. Come on. Oh Tom. no! Because I was gonna talk about. Right. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to do a separate video because I really do, want to do, 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 your, do, your own, do your own thing. No. Okay, okay. Episode 9.5. Oh, man. The next yeah. two hours of Kofi's Black Panther. Yeah. Mate. Come on, Tom. Let's restore some normality back know, from, to the going podcast. From, going from that one to <sighs> this might last 15 minutes. It might last five minutes. I don't know. It depends on how you, much I get. Are you ready? I'm going to go for it. Right. So... I've read some Black Panther, not an awful lot of stuff. Now, I figured for a character with this much history and this much meaning, I think, more so than a lot of characters, I couldn't really do it justice by just talking about it in a 15-minute report, as Kofi has just demonstrated just now. (laughs) 
Um, so I'm going to talk about something else. I've touched on it once or twice before, but I'm a big fan of the What If story arcs Marvel oh, books. Wow. And now this isn't what you're going to think, what I'm just about to talk about, because I don't know if there's been many What If Black Panther stories. I'm going to talk about something we saw last week together. Right. I'm going to talk about what if Wesley Snipes starred as Black Panther. Oh, what? <laughs> Curveball. Okay. I, I don't know if you've heard, but in the past few weeks, it's been announced that 25 years ago, before he did Blade, Wesley Snipes was absolutely campaigning like hell to be the Black Panther. Wow. He had, his, he had it all in mind. He even had the blessing of Stan Lee. He wanted to be the Black Panther before he played Blade. Okay. He had this whole thing that he loved this African heritage, especially he said that some of the richest people on the earth were these rich African monarchs because mm. they had their, their countries, they allowed people to, you know, to mine their countries when they got you know, their pick of the share of the mm. diamonds, the jewels, the things mm. like that. I think by tying that in, he also, then what if they had their pick of the share then for the vibranium as well? The royal family would automatically get the lion's share of mm. it, hence become that kind of character. So... Mid 1990s, picture the scene. We're going back 25 years ago, which really is then me showing my age a bit because the mid 90s was last year in <laughs> in my mind. So still there, yeah. So Wesley Snipes starred in a lot of decent films at that point. He had a bit of a name for himself. He started films like Demolition Man, White Men Can't Jump, The Fan, things like that. He started in loads of things. So he was campaigning to be in the Black Panther movie, which right at that point was held by Columbia, who also then had the Spider-Man rights at that time as well. This is after mm. Marvel were about to, bank about to go around, but entering into Chapter 11, had to sell off every single movie rights there to do it. So, it would, Wesley Snipes wants to do something, in his words, something that would appeal to white people, black people, Asian people, would have some martial arts in it, expose the world of Africa to a way that most people are unfamiliar with, and be very contrary to the stereotypes that are projected about the continent, which I think the latest film did that in a mm. way as well. I think that's... Definitely. He was thinking about that. Um, also, Marvel's edge of that time then, Tom DeFarco, he said his major competition was owned by Warner and they were coming out with Superman movies, Batman movies. Marvel was struggling mm. because you had that kind of aspect there with the, with the DC films. Don't know if anyone can remember what Marvel films had out there during that time. You had films like... Was, was like, it Nick Fury with um, Hasselhoff? You have got, I haven't put that well, one down well, on there, like but you did America, have, that really weird one. You got the Captain America, I've not Final put that one Fantastic down either. Fantastic Four, there was a really weird... You got the Fantastic Four, it was never released. Unreleased one, yeah. Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. What? <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, yeah Dolph Lundgren did The Punisher movie. Mm. Because, of course he did. I must see <laughs> that. Yes. Um, so, yes. So, the film never came out due to massive skip reviews couldn't decide on the director and they kind of came to the, the conclusion that the CGI wasn't there at that time to do a Black Panther film for a film which obviously even the comic book back then was very heavily this is what technology is like it's leaps and boundaries against what the thing's like now so they couldn't really do what technology would be like in 20 years time has the Black Panther comics always had some sort of Afrofuturism in it has it, has it yeah, always been always full been of technology of it, yeah. always, yeah. always. Yeah. Even, even when they do flashbacks and they go back to like the first Black Panther or, you know, Black Panther from so many thousand years ago, they'll you'll see how advanced they are compared to what was happening around in the, in, in other periods of the Earth. Yeah. I actually need to recommend um, uh, This American Life podcast here about Afrofuturism. Oh, right. There's a bit about Black Panther in it and it's really cool. It's a really good podcast. Absolutely. Plug into someone else's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, during this time as well, America was... 
mid nineties. I think civil rights and things like things were quite a bit of a. It was a hotbed. Yeah, hotbed is the best way to describe it. You had things like the Rodney King riots happened. Mm. Also, the trial of O.J. Simpson as well was one of the most watched things on TV at that point. Granted, that was a murder trial, but race, the yeah, glove movement glove, there, the glove movement here. But there. that did also have a strong influence, really, on what was happening in that kind of era. And the films at that time also reflected black culture. Well, the, the LA riots followed the O.J. Simpson trial, so they didn't. They? Was it? Was that? Was that during the same time? That was Rodney King. Was it Rodney King? Yeah, yeah, the first ones. Yeah, after he was shot, that was about ninety-two, oh. and the O.J. was ninety-four, I think. Hmm. Um. So what I'm going to talk about here is, and going for a what if, I need to have some participation here to go for what if, how would we go about making this film? Well, really? where's it? Where's his where's name? So I've kind of got some ideas here. It's kind of like voting on what you think would be best. So kind of going for director, <laughs> like original choice director, you had, um, John Singleton, who gained a reputation for doing Boys in the Hood. Oh, so quite a great film. Yeah, I love that film. so that kind of went on very well. And he was one of the... Ma- front runners for it however him and Wesley Snipes couldn't get on with an idea because he wanted to do a civil rights movement Sorry. film where it was kind of shown a case of that Black Panther's son wanted to join the civil rights movement and it was this kind of like you know airhead kind of a knucklehead sort of thing you know like ones like you know brash you know hot-headed yeah. runs into it first but Wesley Snipes said no no this isn't a political film it's not about the Black Panther movement he wants to do a futuristic style you know African country saying his words were, where are the toys? Hmm. He wanted to do like, you know, black James Bond really in a way hmm. with like him having access to all this arsenal and things like Which that. Which is you know? what the first half of the current movie is. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's, that's what he wanted to do. Whereas this guy wants to do, you know, a more down to, not down to earth, but you know, more what was like a, a, bit a sign of, of the times there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so that didn't go ahead there. There's also Marion von Pebbles as well who had um, written and starred in shows such as 21 Jump Street. So I had a bit of a name on the TV side of fronts as well. It also starred in Jaws the Revenge as well. I found out whilst doing my research. Mm-hmm. Um, but both those guys since then did also go on to direct episodes of Empire. Okay. Which I've not seen, but obviously... It's all right. It's, not bad. it's yeah. got a really good cast in it, but it's, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. So to kind of taking those two out of the equation, I'm going to go for who would you have as a director? Would it have to be someone, a person of colour? Would you have someone who was black to kind of fit in with that kind of vibe inside of the then. story yeah. sort of thing yeah or could it be anyone else so the, the three guys I've kind of gone for with directors kind of something from those time periods you'll have Spike Lee who'd fed say had his pinnacle during the late 80s yeah. mid 90s like she's got to have it um, school days you know, yeah. jungle fever all that sort of stuff we also got yeah. Malcolm X as well which Malcolm again X, you know, yeah. focus on you know civil rights things like that um, F. Gary Gray, who did did the the first Friday movie, also a lot of um, music videos as well, especially on like with the Doctor Dre's and things like that. Mm. Or would you go to put a curveball in there, Kevin Smith, who at that time was one of the biggest comic fan directors there at that point. You wouldn't mm. really say that film directors then were massive comic book fans. So would you go for someone who had that kind of knew what the character was about on a comic book side of things? Who is it that did Boys in Hood? Uh, Boys in the Hood. That was John Singleton. Just, yeah, John Singleton. Yeah, John Singleton. John Singleton did that. Yeah, I love that film. I think it's great. I'd probably go with John Singleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just because that tells a really that tells a different story about black kids trying to get out the hood and the struggle of a single black father. But he usually you get that single black father's story told when he's a he's a drunk or he's not helpful towards his son. But this is a father that's doing all he can all he can to get his son out the hood and advising other other black kids are, and telling them yes you can do it you can get out here you can be something 
yeah. which I had never really seen in movies in the 80s with black people, especially black men, who were always like the villain or the crook or the comic relief where this was like, you know, they were leaders in this film. So that's how yeah. why I would go for John Tuggleton. Yeah. I think that's one reason why he was put down as being a bit of a first show front runner, but because he didn't want to go down the comic book side of things mm. and turn it more into a political yeah political politics is what Wesley Snipes said he wants to be out of there mm. he didn't want to be a political film he wanted it to be just a superhero movie I would I would rather see a superhero political film yeah in the early 90s because I don't I wouldn't want the first futuristic version of the Black Panther to be done then because of the limitation the constraints on technology yeah I think that's one of the that's, 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 that's one of the reasons why that's one of the CGI wasn't there at that time yeah. it was just it was on the cusp, really, I think. I think it's that after you had films like The Abyss and Jurassic Park come out, that's when technology then started to make yeah, leap about C- CGI. People started really realising how good prosthetics are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And then people, then, towards the end of the night, people were on it too much, hmm. I think. So I think now you kind of got a bit more happy balance. Because dinosaur films now look worse than Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Was 94. Was it 94? 93. 93. Um, to go with this, all these could have been screenwriters as well. However, the closest the film had was Terry Hayes, who was more famous for writing the second and third Man Bax film. Apparently he came up with a story treatment, which I'll talk about in a minute, which they did really, really like. Which kind of, kind of Well, I'll go through the settings now. So the idea would have been to Charlie growing up alone, left in the Moses basket, after the Royal Family had been attacked. Mm. So it would have been him kind of having these powers, but not knowing he had them, and not knowing what his lineage was. Mm. So it would have been him... And it, one of the opening scenes we were talking about was him stuck in an elevator, getting attacked, but then kicking the crap out of everyone. Oh, God. I'm elevator thinking, scene, yeah, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Winter Soldier, because that, that kind of scene there is what I've got stuck in my head, mm. him surrounded. Um, but then they were kind of talks about how do you lead on to that? Would it be a bit too slow for that kind of film to have, a, kind of like, or depressing, really, to have a baby left abandoned, floating mm. off, and not knowing where to go? Um, so... After that, then, I was thinking, then, if that was going to be the scene, then, you're going to have Black Panther then left abandoned, where would he be growing up, then? And I think, if he's going to have, like, an American film set during this time, I th- would it have been set in New York or LA? Would mm. you Would you think that's where a lot of, a lot of these films are kind of yeah, set? Yeah, if you were going to put it in the 90s, you'd probably set it in LA. Yeah. Because of just what was all the yeah. stuff that was going on, especially with the Rodney King stuff and Oakland, the hoods and the ghettos and stuff like that. You had so much culture coming out there. You think of where... Rap was pretty much dominating at the time. NWA and things were coming out that, of there. That's, that's one thing I was going to talk about. Is what would the soundtrack be? Mm. What, what would you have Who down there? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of talking... I'm obviously talking on this from a, a British white guy's perspective, mm. so I don't know what life was like in America. <coughs> and judging by... And I just get a lot of it through what I learned in school, at university, or watching films. Mm. So I'm... I could be looking at me sound this. How people could be thinking, look how stereotypical this white guy standing sort of thing. I'm just kind mm. of looking at how a film would be made during this era. Yeah. It very much sounds like that film would end up as a, a combination of the characters you see in um, the recent film, a combination of Killmonger and T'Challa. Like, cause, that's who I, T'Challa would be. A yeah, a yeah, combination that's, that's of them the, yeah. two. In that mm. film, he would be a combination. He's, yeah. he's the kid left in America. Yeah. And he probably has crib. to end up going back to Wakanda to free Wakanda from yeah. whoever dethroned his parents. That, yeah, that's one of those research. That's what a lot of people have been picking up the emphasis on would Killmonger is he like the character what was turned out from this unwritten script I'm guessing yeah. maybe when they were doing this film they might have read some people's you know because it's an interesting story that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah and again it's trying to tie it into the American trying to tie it into like say a young black American crowd having someone grow it's, it's almost kind of this thing of like Prince and the Pop star thing you know someone who's 
growing up in the ghetto or from an underprivileged background, but then turns out to be head of a, one of the most powerful countries. Mm. Well, maybe not the most powerful country, but of a raw family of this of this mm. empire. Heritage. Yeah. And there's also this thing of like when he goes back and you saw it with Killmonger, how will he be received? Because there's all sorts of connotations where you have Africans and black people who are of African descent who didn't grow up in Africa and there's still that tension. You know, he's not one of us, you know, you're not from here. Like I know I've experienced that quite a lot because you grew up here in the, in the UK, you don't necessarily speak your parents' language and some people are like, oh, he's not really Ghanaian but then you think, well, I've grown up in England, grown up in Britain but I've got Ghanaian heritage and to a lot of people yeah. that doesn't make you British. Do you know what I mean? So you, you can understand where the identity complexes were going to come in with with their T'Challa in this situation. Yeah. Who would accept him as king? Who would say he's really someone who should rule over those who are a person that hasn't even lived in this country this whole time? And it's how would that make him react towards his apparent home country? Well, this kind of leads into then my next point, really, what I have with this is who would you have as the villain? Um, because I've, I've kind of got down choice of four here. The, the fourth one's not really choice. That's more of a modern day thing. Have you got actors to go with them? I haven't got actors. I was thinking we could cast actors. I was thinking that. I was thinking, then I was thinking, would we get that point to the time frame? But I was I was looking at things. You could look down two different fronts. Now, would you then have a white guy as being the main villain or would you have a black, a black guy as being the villain? Would you want to have the black guy as a villain, especially during this time where people are trying to go for more united front? You had also... East Coast versus West Coast, when you look at the rap side of things, mm-hmm. you had the deaths of Tupac and Biggie. Was something like this fuel that kind of Narrative. animosity, what was going on there? So I kind of gone for, to me, Claw would be the ideal choice because you're going back to that. Oh, oh really? I really like to get into it. So let, I, I think I, I want to hear these. I want to hear these. Let you finish. Uh, well, let's cast the hell out <laughs> okay, of this. Okay, so I'm going for, so I went for Claw, to me, with the ideal choice because you've got that colonial history, you know, that which is. Yeah, it's built into his blood sort of thing. You know, that whole white supremacist kind of, we earn you. And then then you've also got the background roots sort of thing of Charlie's yeah. family, you know, grandparents killing his grandparents. You could, that kind you of could thing. play it in that Claw is, um, although not technically, technically in charge of Wakanda, he's the puppet master of whoever, whoever is now in control of Help, Wakanda. Yeah, and, yeah. He's shipping, so, and he's shipping vibranium out. Yeah, so that you're putting that white villain. Yeah. Into what can Who do you cast? Daniel Day Lewis. Of what nineties? Um, I don't think maybe so. If Wesley Snipes was it, I think that's one over the top. Daniel Day Lewis. No, like big bulge. Like, I don't. Would you have someone to sleazy like Christine Slater, like a sleazy mercenary. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Gary Busey. Eighties mm. mm. villain. Yeah. Or Arnie. Um, <laughs> Sean Penn. I think Sean Penn could be. Could yeah, do Sean it. Penn could have done it. Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, the kind of going fact of the next choice was then kill was then Killmonger, but. Difference in, in ideas, similar you know, similar sort of like ideas to what he had in this current movie. Um but then maybe would you have like a kind of segregate like you know, like, would you have would you have him having the same kinda of like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King mm. style, maybe not as clear cut as that, but you know, <laughs> someone with different different ideal once You could get Killmongers maybe who kind of finds out who he is and tries to manipulate him into going back for certain reasons, but they're actually Killmonger's reasons. So he brings Killmonger into Wakanda and he's also brought another threat, which could have it as a bit of an issue. And yeah. Killmonger, an older Killmonger, do you know what I mean? So Killmonger might be 10, 15 years older than him and he's like, right, listen, I know what you're talking about. I also was from there, but we could get back if you do this on the other. Yeah. And then he actually realised he's brought a bigger threat to Wakanda then. So let's say Ch- Chitala gets back into Wakanda, he's actually brought a bigger threat back into yeah. Wakanda then. 
initially. I would cast Denzel Washington in that role. I was thinking Sam Jackson as well. Oh, Sam Jackson. I was thinking the older like kind of. I like Sam Sam Jackson to play Forrest Whitaker's role. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Too. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, the, th- the third choice um, was the KKK or a modern day white supremacist group. If it was going to maybe not, if they were going to keep it away from Wakanda and keep it as more staying in the Amer- staying in America, Clint Eastwood, the Clint Eastwood as the as the Red Dragon, as the Grand Dragon. Yeah, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> Or maybe Anthony Hopkins as well, yeah. Bruce Willis. So well, Hopkins, would, yeah, yeah, it could be real creepy. Hop, cool. Hopkins yeah. is, you know what I mean? but yeah. I think again that wouldn't really kind of go for it because again, Snipes didn't want it to be a politically charged movie. So I think I mean I've kind of put that on there because there's um, Black Panther did fight the KKK in earlier issues, mm. so it's kind of taken by in that. Okay, okay, um, okay. And then last choice was just. Um, Namor, have Atlanta versus Wakanda. I just love to see that on okay. film. Okay, yeah, yeah, I would go. Look. I love to see that. If if they do actually bring in next, I hate I hate so Namor. much. I think Black Panther is a great place to bring Namor in. I think it's the best one. And I think there's a obviously he's his origin is mixed. He's some sort of it's half mutant, half human. Isn't yeah, it, but, but he's the class of the but, first mutant. But yeah, but Apocalypse Kid before a shard a shard of the meteorite. Spoilers for Black Panther. A shard of the meteorite from. Wakanda could have fallen in the ocean, and hmm. there you go. I think it's, it'd be good because then you can have an, an all-out war between two fictional countries, and how you can dictate it how you want it to hmm. to go. I think I think it'd be. Uh, to yeah. me, I think that's the next way. I think they have to have. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my opinion, anyway. No, no, I, t- I totally agree. I think because uh, Wakanda is so magical on Earth, the only other place like Wakanda on on the fictional Earth in the MCU is Atlantis. So. Yeah. So in the end, in the aftermath, it, the movie didn't happen. Snipes did Blade, which is fucking awesome. Blade one and two, three, maybe not so. <laughs> and then um, Black Panther fell into the hands of Marvel, um, and key part of the MCU. I think one thing as well is that Blade was the first movie what kickstarted that to call this comic book movie renaissance. Mm. Up until before Blade came out, movie the comic book movies had become stale. Kids, com- you know, toy commercials. Nothing came out of it. Then Blade came out, what was just awesome. And then Blade 2 was even better. Yeah, up mm. until the third one, you wouldn't even call it a superhero movie. It's just an action horror. Yeah. It's it's not a comic book movie until that third one when you start getting everyone else. Hannibal and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it got a bit weird, didn't it? It just gets a bit normal. I mean, yeah. the second one's a proper Genomami Ditora movie, isn't it? Yeah. That was incredible. That the one with the... Yeah. Um, d- doing the mouth vampire, the vampire, vampire, the <laughs> yeah. mutated vampires. Yeah, that was sick. And the fight scenes, the action—it was just shot really well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That was great. That was awesome. That was really good. I, I was—I didn't know if I was touching t- topics there, which I should, well, not that I shouldn't be touching, but it's you know, black black movies like black American movies from the nineteen nineties. It's very. Yeah, and I very politically, I suppose politically motivated, politically charged. Well, like, there's a whole thing now, and, like, and it's quite interesting because people talk about it. it's like if you are a black person, regardless you are political, do you know what I mean? Because of the stuff that what it what it means to be a black person and how some people conduct themselves around you and how you the mentality and how you conduct yourselves around other people. It's almost it is people are acknowledging it is a political statement to be black in itself today and like the fact that like you're taking so much care we're talking about these issues because you don't want to like offend anyone or you want to handle it in the right way some people just don't 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people just go ahead and say whatever they want, say this is fact rather than this could mean oh, I'm reading into this way. But I think it's uh, it's you know you've it's just respecting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was kind the of looking, trying to look at things like how would you make a movie in the nineties? How would you make a movie like this in the nineteen nineties? Because that's a like I mean, like I say, to me, nineteen nineties happened yesterday, but it was twenty five years ago, mm. which and a lot happens in a quarter of a century. And you had more people going to the cinema then, didn't you? Yeah. More and more people would be watching it. Well, it'd have been really interesting to see the reaction to a film like Black Panther in the nineteen nineties. Mm. Like, regardless of how good or bad it was, Marvel weren't making good movies back then, so that was the only other thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, was really, that really got my uh, yeah my brain going. It was like fantasy casting. Yeah, that was sick. So okay. I think we need to um do the vote. Do the vote. So do a recap. Um, I did um Black Panther, Man Without Fear. Um, a quick introduction to Black Panther before you delve into the deep, deep stuff. I tried to talk about Ta-Nehisi Coates' run on A Nation Under Our Feet, which is currently, which he's still currently writing. And do we still currently reporting? And I'm still currently (laughs) reporting. Stay tuned for bonus content. (laughs) And I talked about what if Wesley Snipes had created his vision (laughs) of a Black Panther movie. Okay, okay. So... So remember, one, two, and three. We go on three. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so our, Jack is one. Yeah. And number two, Tommy's three. Yeah. Okay, we ready? Yeah. One, one, two, two three. three. <laughs> 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 Basically. It was you, fucking you, mean. You can't throw something like um, Wesley Snipes' Black Panther in <laughs> and not make us think, what the hell is the prize going to be? I think it's made jokes about Wesley Snipes for 15 minutes because I was like, I just can't do it justice just talking about the comic books because I've just not read enough and I just figured... It, I just think there's too much to Black Panther than other characters. I think. I think because, yeah. like, Wakanda is its own character in itself. I think. Mm. I did really want to talk about the Wakanda, like Wakanda Atlanta Atlantis War because I think that's like I said before. It's like that's the first time it's been invaded, Aye. and why is it such a strong stronghold? But it's just too much reading what I hadn't done for it. So what's going in the box, Tom? Uh, oh, I'm, for this one. Uh, I'm going to be putting in a. Because I've created my own play set here, play thing here, because I'm also a big Lego fan, there's also I'm a decent... Make, I'm going to decent... shoot the film and I'll put a copy Yeah, I'm going to shoot the film. I'm going to... One viewer. I'm going to go... I'm one winner. Stop motion Lego, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and now I'm going to find Wesley Snipes and tell him, look, I'll help you out with your tax bill. Uh, <laughs> we'll do this. No, because um, with Black Panther coming out and there's always a Lego set here, there's a pretty decent Lego set at the moment, which is some like Lego Rhino attack, what's uh, complete with... That's uh, sick, I've seen that. You've seen that one, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'll be getting the box set for myself. So, I figured why make create your own um create Panther your own, adventure Panther. with um with three mega with three minifigures i like that that's yeah, good sick. cheers tom but Mate, i can't just buy that just to give one the box means we'll have to go and buy it myself <laughs> well i was going to put in one of the giant cinematic posters into the box i can't say that now i know but i'll put it i'll well I, i've got some of that links my other argument when i use that that will be the prize uh, okay yeah. so now okay. you know but Tom, that was class. What are we uh, tackling next week? Uh, I think we're going to let the listeners wait and see, I think, because it's, yeah, it's, surprise. Surprise. it's going to be a bit of a surprise. Teasing, so. yeah. But we will Announce we will be announcing the winner of the first box. So. Yeah. Well, we will have announced it will come at the beginning of this show. Yes. So you now know the winner. <laughs> you now know the winner of the show. Uh, yeah, so... Um, Time yeah. travel's a bitch. Um yeah, congratulations so to the winner yeah, yeah, which, yeah. congratulations to the winner we announced at the start of this episode yeah, yeah so okay so um, yeah so let's let's take the time to uh, congratulate the winner of the box does it work because then we should really be saying the name <laughs> just uh, insert uh, name here 
Uh, we'll do it at the end of the one. We'll do can can we do one. like a congratulations to and just have a really crappy voiceover? So congratulations yeah. to. Right, okay, on three. One, two, three. Congratulations, congratulations to. For winning <laughs> the <laughs> box. The first box for Comic Box Rumble. Well done to. You did great. It was fantastic. Nice work. Um, hope you enjoy everything. Hope you get a lot of usage and you learn a lot about uh, from the, from some of the stuff in the box, the comics and stuff. It's going to be uh, interesting to hear your feedback about what you think. I remember you get to pick the topic for yeah. episode, maybe episode 12, I think, will not it? Yeah, episode 12, 13. 12 will be the last one of the second box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so cool. Well done. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in this has been an interesting very interesting episode didn't expect it to go Wesley Snipes Black <laughs> Panther casting that's fantastic Tom always taking the Rumble podcast to new levels yes. <laughs> new words of presenting <laughs> that was great I've been Covey Smiles thank you very much I've been Jack I'm nice. Tom and don't forget keep an eye on our Twitter keep an eye on our Facebook we are at Comic Box Rumble on both uh, just for things that we post get involved in the conversation let us know what you want us to talk about if you've got any ideas any themes any things you want us to report on let us know on there or even drop us an email we are comicboxrumble at gmail.com we will reply and take heed to what you've got to say leave a review yeah. on iTunes uh, for a way to kind of get into the running if you want to win Tom's amazingly boot cut, uh, bootleg version of his uh, Where's His Snipes Black Panther film that he's going to get in yeah. touch with him and try and make. If not, then you have an opportunity to win a uh, almost as good Lego Black Panther Lego set. You need to make a stop motion thing with this Lego set and then I'll cut to... loads of audio <laughs> spices of Wesley Snipes films so you get some sort of dialogue. <laughs> I just take everything from Demolition Man, I think. That movie's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, just stay tuned to all forms of our social media. We'll be announcing what we'll be getting up to for the next episode next week. So thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-b